hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Phil Golfie and Rick Zamprin. Yes, good morning once again. Fantastic morning in this beautiful city of ours. Lots to get to today on the Hamilton Real Estate Show. You know the numbers, 905-575-7700. Call the Golfie team anytime, 905-575-7700. Buying or selling a home. You can also go online to robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. At Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to like the Rob Golfie Facebook page. And subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you download your favorite podcasts. If you have a question for the Golfie team or a topic idea for a future program, email questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. Is renovating your basement a waste of money? We'll get to that today. We'll also talk about the latest CMHC housing market report. Are we in a seller's market once again here in Hamilton, Burlington? But we'll start off with, should you accept a conditional offer on the sale of a property if the selling property is under $400,000? So what's going on here? No, you shouldn't. Okay. Um, so anyway, um, if your house is under 400000 and you get an offer on it, and the agent comes and says, hey, listen, you know, we love your house and all that kind of stuff, and uh, uh, we want to put a condition that we have to sell the buyer's house. And normally we cross that out we, uh, because there's way more buyers looking at houses under 400 that don't have a house to sell mm-hmm. because actually right now that's like a first-time buyer's first-time price point. Yeah. yeah, it's a price point. So if you're waiting for somebody else's house to sell now, you're still on the market. You're, you, you, and and if that agent doesn't list that other house that you're waiting to that he, to sell right. so that your house can be firmed up, and he overprices it, you actually screw up the momentum of your house. Mm-hmm. So and miss out on so many other buyers. That's right. So so here here's a, a story. So there's a, a a lady that calls me up, and she's frustrated. House is not selling, but they do have an offer on it. So, and I said to her, I go, well, look, you got your house is listed at two fifty nine. Mm-hmm. I go, why did you guys accept uh, offer conditional conditional on selling another house? Like, like there's so many people that don't need to sell a house in that price point that that. And I said, the only reason I can think of, and I said to this to this lady, is that your agent brought the offer in, and it's her. It's, and, and so she's basically double ending it, as mm-hmm. we call it. She's gonna, she's actually, she's listed it, and she's gonna sell it. Right. So she's getting two, two uh, ends of the, uh, the commission on that. I said to her, "That's the only way I would think that this situation happened." And she goes, "Rob, you're right. She, she did have uh, her own offer." Hmm. I go, "There you go. She was thinking about herself, right. not you. Yeah. So now you're sitting here. Now that backup house that they're waiting to sell is overpriced. It's not selling." And I said, well, there you go. You just uh, – uh, real estate 101. That person was just thinking about themselves. So age, people, I'm telling you, if your agent 
is convincing you to take a backup offer on a backup house. It better be almost sold, an offer on it, right. but do not because there is way more buyers under the four hundred thousand yeah. dollar range. That's what I was going to get to. Yeah, there's, it has a large buyer pool. That's there's, a huge threshold. Yeah. That that's number, that's right? the hottest market. It's, 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 it's a you got you're still in the investor market. You're in the first time home buyer market. You're in the downsizing market. Mm-hmm. So you're you're that's where your largest buyer pool is. And if you're if you're going to accept an offer that's conditional on sale of property for a house that you don't know is going to sell, you take a lot of attention away from your listing. Because everybody, everybody just you know thinks it's going to sell. Yeah, because yeah. um, that, that price point, you're autom- you're you're in the you're in not only the front door, but you're on the uh, uh, you know the penthouse in terms of everyone can afford that listing. Th- that, that's a goal. Yeah, whether they want to, as you said, downsize or yeah. invest and renovate or, or yeah. whatever the case is. Yeah. yeah, like it. It's like there's so many buyers in that in that price range. You got you got your seller. You got people that are downsizing that want that. And you've got your first time, but you've got so many, and that's that's what's keeping the market going right yeah. now. And and uh, so I feel bad for this lady. She's t- you know her agent you know shouldn't have said you know we shouldn't take this offer because the backup house one it's overpriced mm-hmm. two. Um, so now a two hundred fifty nine thousand dollar listing is sitting. Not moving because it's waiting for the other house. It's, to sell. Yeah, so people when they look at that listing, agents are looking at it, say, "Well, they're not going to bother showing it because they know they already got an offer on it, and who knows if the buyer is going to firm uh, firm up on the deal or not." So they don't want to have an agent doesn't want to bring their clients into that house and find out, oh, they fall in love with it, and then all of a sudden they can't have it. Right. So they just kind of cross it off their list for showing it. But but the the reverse factor when it when you get into the the upper higher price ranges. That's it's more common to have a conditional on sale of property. If you're, you know, if somebody's going to buy a seven, eight hundred, nine hundred million dollar house, more than likely they're going to have their house to sell, and more than likely it's going to be a house in the in a similar price, price range, range right? Yeah. So, and and when you get into that scenario, sale of properties are very common in this market right oh, now. It, it is where we 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 see a lot of them right now on on a lot of our listings. Um, but and not it, on under four hundred. Yeah, but but yeah, not on under four hundred. So here's the million dollar question: What is this individual's options? What can she do right now? Does she just I, have I, to I, wait? I, in that so order? so the way the sale of property clause works, it basically states that you're going to purchase this house on condition of the sale of of your property right. under a certain time frame. Usually, the average sale of property condition I would say is is four to six weeks. Right. Yes. Basically, if your house doesn't sell in four to six weeks. You know, either you're gonna have to drop the price, or you're not gonna sell it at all. So, so within the clause, you're gonna put in a date, an expiry date on that on that condition. While that sale of property condition is present, there's an escape clause. Usually, it's 48 hours, right? Meaning that if there's another buyer that comes to the to the sale house, the the property that's for sale, mm-hmm. and wants to put in an offer, that existing um, seller needs to go back to the existing. A, a accepted agreement of purchase and sale okay. and give that buyer either 40 hours to either firm up, which would mean remove their sale of property condition or walk away, which would mean writing a mutual release. And then that other purchaser would be then the, the president offer um, in terms of, of the, the offer on mm-hmm. the, on the house. So, 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 so to, to answer your question, that seller either has to hope that there's another buyer that's going to come and see and put an offer on right. their property or, or, the the um the condition period is just going to run out or expire. Right. So it sounds like that forty eight hour period is over. Right? No, 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 no. The forty eight hour period is there for the first buyer, buyer comes for in. the first oh, buyer. Okay, He's okay. got forty eight hours, 
uh, to either firm up or let it go to but the second buyer. But that's only if there's another offer that comes in. Right. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a situation that's very hard to comprehend. Yeah. It's yeah. very hard to explain over the radio yeah. until you're actually yeah. doing it. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of paperwork right. that, that, that kind of gets shuffled around mm-hmm. within within this time period stated. Yeah. But this buyer with a conditional offer, if another buyer comes in and says, hey, I want to offer three hundred grand," now this buyer with the conditional offer has 48 hours to, to make to a decision. But only, only if the seller wants to accept it. Right. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. So the the other thing is, I don't know if you can actually uh, send them notice for forty eight hours because even though you haven't sold the house mm-hmm. to, to another buyer, but if you want to get rid of them, the only no, way you can't because because you have can, to have an you have to have another accepted offer. You have to have okay. another accepted offer. So that's the hard part about it. So you can actually come up with. I don't know. It just it, it's tough. You're you're locked in. You're yeah. locked into this. It's really a rock and a hard place. It, it is. It in. is. Now, now for for the other part about it is now if you do have a house that's in the you know the six, seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollar price range, we do accept offers conditional sale only if the agent. I always ask, what are you listing that house at? And I do a full analysis to find out. You know what price they're going to yeah. put it mm-hmm. at, yeah. because if they're going to overprice yeah. the backup house, you don't again, take that deal. again, now you now you hurt your client. Yeah. So in in last year's market, um, it was hard to determine. Like um, at the beginning, things you know what would happen is uh, you would take a conditional sale, and then sometimes you would say, "No, we're not going to take it because you're overpricing it." Meanwhile, they even got a hundred thousand dollars above <laughs> that price. Yeah. Yeah. So as as the market was continuing, then we knew that. And nobody was taking conditional sale mm-hmm. properties last year in the first four months last year. Right. Because everybody was able to sell but, yeah. relatively quickly. Yeah. And, um, and, and today, like in, like in Ancaster, it, it, it's, it's, it's a tough market. Prices are expensive. Mm-hmm. And um, you will take it and you hope that the lower-priced house will sell faster than the higher-priced house. So, so if you do take a conditional sale of, of another house – and you're hoping that that house is, you know, only four, five hundred thousand versus an eight hundred thousand dollar house because there's right. more buyers in that buyer pool for that house. But it, it's 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 a, it's a tough uh, it's it's a tough situation, and an agent should not be accepting conditional sale property on houses, you know, mm-hmm. under you know, let's say you know three eighty and under or something like that. I I, I really don't think so. I think uh, there's enough buyers out there that don't have a house to sell that you can get an offer. Yeah. So is the other house uh, within the same price range? Um, usually, uh, well, at, at two fifty nine, right. Um, the other house is probably a, 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 an old, a bigger and more expensive house because they're probably downsizing. I see. And uh, but. You know, I, again, like uh, it's the, the, these. It, I guarantee it. It'll cost these sellers that have their house for sale. Mm-hmm. I uh, ten to twenty thousand dollars. Wow, ten to twenty thousand dollars guaranteed. Because Here. they've missed out on some potential buyers. They yeah, because they're they're not going to get the showings, and even if they get the showings, they're going to say, well, it's got an offer on it. Let's just wait and see what happens. Yeah, and uh, it, it shouldn't be like that. It, uh, wow. I honestly, it's 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 not a. Uh, we wouldn't do that. Even if we had our own offer, we would not do that. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, at what point does that number change? You mentioned you know homes under four hundred thousand. What would a home at four twenty five? Are you still kind of in that no, discussion? I think, I think you well, just have to look at the overall desirability of the house, yeah. right? If you if you look at you can you can assess the house and just say if you know. One, what makes an attractive property is it comes down to price, right? Sure. So that's why we're, we're we're using a broad spectrum and just saying, yeah, under four hundred thousand, just because it's an attractive right. number. That's automatic. But even if you get into that seven seven hundred thousand dollar price range, if you if you're noticing that you're getting a lot of showings and there's a lot of interest in it, 
you're going to get an offer that's not conditional on sale of property, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. But if you're if you lose your leverage and you've been on the market for a couple of weeks, you've only had a couple of showings and and <clears throat> you only got one offer and and you're going to want to work with it because that's all you have to work yeah, with. But yeah. but it's 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 assessing the situation and, and understanding how attractive your house is on the market in comparison to the other homes that are on the market in your neighborhood or in your area and understanding, you know, what what people what else are people looking at on the market, right? And and once you look at those two things, you'll have a good idea in terms of how long you're going to be on the market or how long you can you can expect to be on the market. So hmm. it's it's uh it's it's you know, analyzing it to a, to a point where you know how attractive is my listing to everybody else, and if it's a really attractive, then no, don't accept the sale of property condition. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Uh, when we return, CMHC releasing their latest uh, housing market report, and are we in a seller's market now here in Hamilton, Burlington? We'll touch on those two topics and a whole lot more still to come here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprin in studio today with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Find them online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. At Rob Golfie on Instagram and Twitter. Be sure to like the Rob Golfie Facebook page and subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you download your favorite podcasts. If you have a question for the Golfie team, email questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. Still to come, is renovating your basement a waste of money? Uh, Phil, has an article in uh, the Hamilton Magazine. I hope the answer is no, because I renovated my basement a couple of years ago. <laughs> so I'm very interested to see what Philip has to say on this. Uh, still to come, CMHC says housing market will moderate for the next couple of years as sales and prices decline. We'll dive into that scenario in uh, the next few minutes. But are we in a seller's market now? Sales are down, but house prices continue to rise in Hamilton and Burlington. So we got the October statistics from the Realtors Association of Hamilton, Burlington. And it basically said just over 1,000 residential properties sold last month, down 13% from October of last year. And the average selling price for a single detached home increased by just over 6% in the past year. Hamilton's average uh, price is almost 498000 In Burlington, it's $759,000. So are we in a seller's market now? And maybe describe what a seller's market is. Well, a seller's market is when um, you sell more than uh, 50% of what homes are listed. So so right now they're showing 60% of the homes are selling that are listed. So it's it's above uh, what then the buyers, like usually if it's a a balanced market, uh, 50-50. So, you know, 50% of the homes are selling. But I I, I don't believe we're quite in a seller's market um, just because – if they if if you broke this down even more you'll find that 
Yes, it's a seller's market depending on what price point you're talking about. I see. Okay. You know, you know, just again, like we were talking before uh, the first segment, stuff under 500 is moving, even under 400. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're uh, putting houses up for sale in that price point, it's moving. Now there's houses in in the higher price point from seven eight hundred thousand to a million, even in Ancaster, they're sitting, and you better have like. Every all the bells and whistles because there is so much to choose from out there, um, and they're taking their time selling. So, so yes, we the market's doing well. The price point um, is up, you know, like five six percent from last year's prices, which is like overall. Yeah. Um, so things are going well, uh, but I, I still believe that if they analyze this more. The price point, uh, it would be more in the lower price mm-hmm. range as a seller's market. So we're, we're technically, from what I'm gleaning uh, uh, from what you're saying, is under 500K, it's a seller's market because a lot of listings are moving. Yeah. But above half a million, it's a buyer's market because buyers have the luxury of waiting because there's so much to choose there, from. There's so much to choose from. So especially in that price point of the uh, probably the 650 to 800 range, that's where builders are building in, in those price points for uh, single-family detached mm-hmm. homes. And uh, and so if you're trying to do a resale, so people so people are looking out there. Okay, well, should I buy brand new? I get the you know the color tiles I want, the kitchen I want, all right. that. But they don't realize those people who are buying those new homes don't realize you know you got to put curtains, you got to do landscaping, sure. oh, fencing, yeah. <laughs> all that kind of stuff, decking. So they they forget that they they don't realize that until they move in and say whoa <laughs> we, we got all this work we got to use our visa cards now to put the rest of the stuff in <laughs> and, and uh, so that gets expensive but but th- that's kind of a battle even even the builders right now they're not selling you know their houses they're they're going through the same struggles yeah. I mean they're selling but they're not. Selling like, hey, we got we're opening up uh, phase two this weekend, and there's no lineups there. Mm-hmm, they're just mm-hmm. coming in. They're coming in slowly, like so. But again, like I said, you know, the, the the lower price ranges, yeah, that's a seller's market for sure because there's more people in that price point. You got you got people downsizing. Yep. You got the guys that have the million dollar houses, the big two story, three thousand square foot homes. They want to get down to a smaller two thousand square foot home. So you've got that plus the first time buyers. And that's that's what's driving the market. Yeah. Do you find it because I mean we've talked about boomers downsizing, we've talked about millennials getting into the market. Uh, do you find that builders who are building new homes are missing the boat in terms of the style of home and the price point of the home that they should be constructing? It's all about the pocketbook for those guys because if they were building bungalows, they they would sell they way would sell, more. Yeah, because like so but they're when not they, going to make as much money. Because it takes up more room on the land, right? And so, it costs more, and, it, co- and, it, and it, it does cost more because the the roof trusses the. It's just it, everything. Mm-hmm. So that's why you'll see uh, builders when they build uh, a townhouse complex, the end units they'll make them as bungalows, because just the way that how they you know design oh, the system right. and then the inner, inner units are are two stories because they know those are are premium so they can fit that for some reason um but it's on a corner if it's, it's on, on a, a corner, corner yeah. Yeah. yeah but um but again um you know the cost to build a bungalow is is so expensive and that's why these other bungalows, the resales in the city, like in the fifties, the fifties and sixties, that's all they built was bungalows. Mm-hmm. But that's what a lot of you know townships and cities are looking for. They don't want the big sprawling lots yeah. in the big neighborhoods anymore. They want the they want the dense. They want the three stories. They want the two story right. townhouses where you can fit you know two hundred and fifty units within you know you know 
10 to 15 acres. Like, yeah. it's crazy w- what they're doing. I find uh, the statement that bungalows are more expensive to build because they're smaller than a two-story or three-story uh, structure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But, every, but the builders say it is way more really? expensive. And the return on their investment is probably not good. That's why yeah. they don't do it. Right. it uh, like it, um, And especially with the cost of, of building material that's gone up in the last couple of years. Right, it's just not worth it, building it, a small house. No, yeah, just go buy a resale, renovate it, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, the uh, but but the market, um, but this market um, is and and the number of units, like we're talking about, the number of units, they're what seventeen point, almost eighteen percent down in in sales numbers. Mm-hmm. Now next year, we're always going to compare from month to month, right? right. Yep. So two thousand nineteen versus uh, October 2019 versus October 2018, we're going to show, oh, our sales will be up because they were down in 2018 from 2017. uh, But but otherwise, um, you know, the market can't always be strong. And yeah, you're right. It, it, it you know, the the, the, the unit numbers are, are way down, and uh, but prices are are strong, which is which is good. Do you think 2019 is going to be a little more comparable to 2018 as opposed to 2018 comparable to 2017? Because 2017 was so hectic and crazy, and the price spiked in the spring and then yeah, I, plummeted, but went down. I, I think we will have a little spike, but not as as not crazy. as crazy as twenty seven. Yeah. So so this year, uh, our our spring market from what we felt was the month of March, right? right. And I always tell people if you're going to list your house in the spring, don't wait till you know uh, April May. That's not the spring market. The spring market is usually towards the end of February March. And I say if you can get your house on the on on the, on the market by March first, you will probably do a lot better on your end result for the uh, for the uh, for your price on your home. Now, and people say, well, you know, the weather is bad. You got winter. It doesn't matter. There's more buyers in that in that time point. Mm-hmm. There's way more buyers. I know there's March break going on, but hey, our best month in, in, in all the years I've been selling real estate was March this year. Interesting. Yeah. So we had record numbers March this year. And, I, and when, I, when we saw the numbers, what, what we were selling, we said, oh, perfect. Spring markets kicked in, yeah. but as soon as April kicked in, it went whoa! It it it, it we deflated got deflated a bit. It it, it got uh, uh, it slowed down, and then we thought it will pick back up again. But no, it just cruised along, nice and normal, mm-hmm. you know. So it um, these numbers in October uh, to me, if I'm you know living in the GTA and looking to make a move, you know the average price in Hamilton is still sub. Half a million. I, know. <laughs> I mean, you can put a lot of money in the bank by selling your house in Toronto. And oh, for there. sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But but those Toronto buyers, they're coming here, but they're still they're finding that the the it we're expensive still. You know what I mean? Because they're coming here. Let's say they got a million dollar house there. By the time they you know cost and everything, they might have three four hundred thousand. They may you know in their pocket depending if they have a mortgage or not. Right. And yeah, they'll save money, but. But they're 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 thinking twice before they do it because because again lower priced homes move move up in price faster than the higher priced homes. Mm-hmm. So like like when people buy luxury homes, they put a ton of money into them. They live in them for ten fifteen years, and they end up selling them for probably three hundred thousand dollars more or right. five hundred thousand dollars more than what they paid for it. But they've got a million dollars more into it right. from renovating because they they overdo things when they do it. So the higher end properties, like the luxury properties, their they get their their real estate investment is terrible. It's terrible. If you're, I'd rather buy ten 
five hundred thousand dollar properties mm-hmm. because Fix they'll go up, up in value more yeah. than yeah. than the guy that has a five million dollar house. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Uh, all right, let's move to uh, the CMHC Housing Outlook. A Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation says the country's real estate market is expected to moderate over the next two years as the growth in housing prices is expected to show uh, more in line with economic fundamentals. So it's 2018 Housing Market Outlook, which was released uh, earlier this week. The National Housing Agency projects housing starts and sales are both expected to decline next year and 2020. Uh, prices anticipated to range between 501000 and $521,000. Obviously, those numbers are impacted by Vancouver and Toronto, which right. you know boosts that price up, but very much in line with what's happening here uh, in Hamilton. And it points to rising mortgage rates um, that are expected to affect housing demand and the resale, resale market. So mortgage rates have gone up uh, over the last number of months. Uh, word is that they'll continue to go up. Is Are we seeing an impact here? Uh, I, I think we will see an impact to a certain degree. Um, it, what, what hurts that is is the stress test because the stress test is is two percent higher than what the the mortgage rate is going to be yeah. at. So if we're at four percent interest, you know people have to renew for four percent interest, or or they're buying a house and, it, and the interest rates at you know three point nine five or four percent, they have to qualify at the six percent, and that gets them a less of a house than what. It, it makes that makes it more difficult. Two percent is huge. Two yeah. percent is, is, is huge, and for somebody just getting into the market, they're they're going to say, "Well, we can't even afford to buy a house because there's no houses in in the price range because of stress test." Yeah. So they may have to go to a different uh, uh, city or township to to afford to buy it. Like people in Hamilton may have to go towards Niagara because there's no way that or Brantford, there's no way they can afford one here if, mm-hmm. if they're already on the on the cusp of of being uh, tight on on the, yeah. on their qualifications. Are they also looking? You mentioned less homes. Are they also looking at the condo market, or are they priced out of that market as well? The, I guess depending on the city. The, you know what? The, the condo market's getting expensive. Yeah. Uh, they're building a lot of condos. I think the condo market's going to slow down a bit in the, in the next couple of years. I, I don't think they're going to get lineups of investors because uh, investors buying them. And that's what drives the condo market is the investors because um, you'll find that investors will buy two or three. So you get a lineup of, of, of 100 people and, and half of those People are buying too, so hmm. that's what's driving the condo market. But I think that condo market is going to slow down quite a bit, and then and but it just, it, but everything else will just continue moderately. I I truly feel what we've experienced in the last seven months of this year and is going to be the same where we're going to get next year. I think what we're experiencing this year is going to be uh, the same as next year. All right. Uh, next time you pick up a Hamilton magazine, you'll see the name Philip Golfie in the byline. <laughs> so you, you wrote an article. <laughs> yeah, we have, a, we have a little column in the, uh, in the Hamilton magazine that we do. Uh, I think the magazine comes out four times a year. Okay. So they've yeah. got a pretty good publication that they do. Um, a, lot of, a lot of good articles, a lot of good local articles highlighting local people. Um, but we have a we have a little column in there that we uh, we provide some real estate, real estate helpful uh, helpful tips mm-hmm. and some some insight. So uh, the uh, the holiday edition is the uh, is it a waste of money to renovate your basement? Okay, and uh, eagerly anticipating this answer. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, like everything else, it all depends, right? But if you're in if you're in a position and 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 you can put that money towards a newer kitchen or a newer, you know, renovating your main level or renovating your bathroom, mm-hmm. then then you're going to receive, you're going to see a lot more return on investment in renovating those. That should be the priority. Right, yeah. In terms of prioritizing your, and, and put, in terms of putting the money back into your house, you'll see a lot more return on investment. Now, if, if that stuff's done 
and you have that the the disposable income to go do your basement then then go and do it but mm-hmm. um there's a lot of a lot of factors that that come into it in terms of you know the style of basement in terms of you know how big your windows are uh if you have the walkout um we see a basements with the with the walkout basements that where you're, where you're able to walk out and you get a lot more return on on renovating a basement that sure. way oh yeah but um in terms of in terms of renovating it we 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 find that people who put their money into a, a basement don't make it too personalized right don't don't have that you know that the $50,000 home theater system or turn it into a sports bar turn it into you know <laughs> some people cave. yeah yeah turn it or, or turn it into that way or some people will will add a barbershop downstairs right so now you're making that basement for you right. but when it comes to resale it's going to be a waste of money. But if it's good for you at that time and that's what you're fine with and, and you don't care on, about the resale value, then, mm-hmm. then do whatever you want with it. But if in terms of looking at overall resale value, you know, add the extra bedroom um, and then the rec room, right? right. And, and that's what everybody's comfortable with and that's what, that's what everybody can have. But what you don't want to do is you don't want to chop it up. And there's yeah. some basements that we walk downstairs and, and, you know, you're walking through six or seven different rooms to get to the, <laughs> Oh, know, it's terrible. And, and, oh, yeah. and you, you know, you know, there's the hidden rooms and, and it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right. But keep um, it simple. Yeah. Keep it simple. Keep it an open room, you know, you know, build around the post, keep it an open room, add the bathroom. If you had it, have it, add the bedroom, if you have it and, and, and keep an open rec room mm-hmm. and that's, it, it, it's comfortable. The, and, and that's what a lot of people like. Key points. Key points are one, a big rec, open rec room, yep. uh, a, a spare bedroom, a, a three-piece bath, not a two-piece, three-piece mm-hmm. bath, and it, you're fine. It, yeah. th- you're fine. Yeah. But if you start, you know, mixing and doing too many things, it, it'll make it difficult. Yeah, I've yeah. been in basements that look like a hotel room downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's room A, B, yeah. and C. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll give our listeners a sneak peek of uh, my basement reno when we return. I'll tell you what's in my basement uh, we did a couple of years ago. That and a whole lot more still to come here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio today with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. RobGolfie.com is the website. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Some outstanding information on that website. Great videos as well. Check it out at RobGolfie.com. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. At Rob Golfie on Instagram and Twitter and be sure to check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page. If you have a question for the Golfie team, email questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. And if you've missed a past episode, you can go to robgolfie.com or 900chml.com. Or even better, why not subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you download your favorite podcast. Still to come, some mistakes that first time home buyers make and mistakes that homeowners make when renovating older 
properties. But before the break, we were talking about uh, renovating your basement and whether or not it is a waste of money. A Hamilton Magazine article featuring the one and only Philip Golfie uh, recommends <laughs> that. It kind of depends on uh, the style of home you have. And if you've already renovated an upstairs kitchen and bathroom, then go ahead and focus on the basement. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The next one is, is to make sure that the water protection measures are there. Right, because there's nothing. It, it always seems like when somebody first renovates their basement, it floods like almost within the. <laughs> like you know later. what I mean? It's like it's I like you them. always yeah you always hear about the person who just read the redid their basement and then it floods. So <laughs> even if you don't have any moisture problems or, or any issues in the past, you know get somebody in there and just and just do the precautionary. You know, protection, yeah. protection, just to make sure. Just, just, just to make sure, sure. You want to yeah. pour all sure the downspouts aren't going right <laughs> down into the weeping towels. Yeah. I always make sure they get away from the house. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the main thing. And then uh, the next thing is is make sure it has a good flow to it. Meaning that if you know when you walk through the house and you're walking through the basement, and the, and you know you can do whatever you want with your basement, but if you don't want to lose money or if you want to make sure that the return on investment is there, make sure it has a good flow in terms of the, the same style or the same feel as your upstairs, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, similar light fixtures, similar paint colors. Um, and, and that way it's just it, it's easier to walk through and, and it's more uh, it's more comfortable. Okay. So if I'm selling my house, which I'm not, but, you know, the basement that we redid uh, a couple of years ago. I get you a good ago, deal there. Yeah. I, you probably could. <laughs> uh, you know, we got a side door and you walk down the stairs and uh, it's all hardwood flooring. It's got a nice, uh, you know, open concept kind of uh, rec room, yeah. family room yeah. uh, with a nice sectional couch there. We do have a bathroom, a three-piece bath, you know, yeah. shower, toilets, uh, sink. Yeah. Uh, we have a little kitchenette nice. with a little mini fridge, Perfect. Perfect. You know, sink. Uh, cabinetry, obviously, in there, and uh, we have what we call the junk room, but it's basically the laundry right, room, and we right. have some storage yeah. in there too with a yeah. furnace, and then we have a bedroom in there too. Perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, that's uh, you got we exactly. Hit, we hit on yeah. all the main points. Yeah, that's, main, yeah, that, that's that, it. That, so you got you got the you got a ten star basement. But yeah. is one second is your kitchen or your kitchenette that's downstairs? Yeah. Is that your old kitchen from upstairs? No, <laughs> no, this is a brand new. I know people. Who a do lot that. of people do that, or they'll move the old kitchen into the laundry room, right? They build up the cabinets in the laundry room. this is completely. Actually, the kitchen used to be our laundry area. We had a washer and dryer and a sink there. Yeah. And now it's a sink with a mini fridge, cabinets, nice. and the whole bit. Yeah, so, perfect. Yeah, yeah. It turned out really good. Yeah, that's that's the 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 what you, you want hit on in a basement. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because yeah. and I remember one one time I was in this one basement and I'm walking down the hall and there's like all these rooms and you know what I I it, it, that's a struggle. That's yeah, going to be a somebody, struggle. Somebody would rather have. A a, a, a open floor plan. Not even renovated. Somebody would rather have a a, a not renovated basement than have that. We call that. Because somebody's going to go in there and knock it all down. And and, and, and secondly, they don't get to see what's behind the walls, right? right. Sometimes there's people out there that will not buy a house. With a finished basement, they just said if it, if it has a finished basement, don't even show it to me because because they want to see what the foundation looks like. They want to see if there's any moisture. They want to see right. what's behind the, yeah. the walls. They want to be able to look at the plumbing from the you know to the kitchen. They yeah. want yeah. and and those are people yeah. that 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 know a lot about houses and 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 are looking to finish their own basement. But but there's a lot of people that are not and comfortable it, with uh in buying a house with a yeah. finished basement and and. There's other people that will only buy houses with finished basements. Right. Because they don't want to deal well, with and, any and, of that. And, and yeah. the other thing with a finished basement, I, I think it's good not to not to uh, drywall the ceilings right through. I, I would probably uh, put you know some uh, rooms with uh, drop ceiling, like a nice, good uh, quality drop yep. ceiling where you can actually, if you need to uh, get access uh, you know, for – to put stuff across the room mm-hmm. downstairs, or even access to the to the floor upstairs. So if you have to get wiring and stuff like that, because you don't want to have to all, all of a sudden dig, you know, carve out uh, drywall, drywall 
drywall. But uh, but yeah, no, like Philip was saying that uh, uh, sometimes we put our remarks unspoiled basement. (laughs) (laughs) It's a blank canvas. You get to create create your own. Yeah, (laughs) that's uh, pretty good. Uh, Let's take a quick break, and uh, we're going to come back with uh, eleven mistakes that first time home buyers make. And if we have time, we'll get to some mistakes that homeowners make when renovating older properties. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Let's go around here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rob Golfie, Philip Golfie in studio. They're both sales representatives with Remax Escarpman Realty, the Golfie team. Find them online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call them anytime, 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Find them on Twitter and Instagram. The handle is at Rob Golfie. And like the Rob Golfie Facebook page. And be sure to subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you download your favorite podcasts. If you have a question for the Golfie team, email us. The email address is questions at robgolfie.com. Seven mistakes homeowners make when renovating older properties. So maybe we'll, um, what would constitute an older property? We're talking 25 years, 50 years? Let's go 60 plus. 60 yeah, plus, okay. Yeah, we're talking plaster and lath. Okay. <laughs> years. <laughs> I had some <laughs> or, in my house. Or even just plaster construction, because uh, that, that that's even tough to, to rip out. Um, There's going to be guys listening to this and just being like, these real estate agents have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> no, no. Well, my house no. was built. My house was built in '57. You know, right. C- so it's Central got plaster Mountain, construction, plaster, and uh, yeah, it is uh, tough to take down at times. It is so <laughs> tougher than drywall. Let's yeah. Say yeah. That. <laughs> it. You know what? So a lot of mistakes that uh, uh, people do uh, when they're buying uh, a house with that has construction of uh, plaster and lath, like mm-hmm. like. Um, they think they can just fix up certain areas. You have to, yeah. you're going to have to rip everything down, yeah. especially if it's got plaster and lath. Uh, that's from the early 1900s. Uh, I'm not sure when they stopped using lath. I would imagine probably 19, 1930s, maybe mm-hmm. 1920s. I'm not sure. But uh, but that's the thing is is the misconception, misconception that, oh, we can just paint this room and do this. And then you find out you have to rip all the walls down. That is – Once you start taking one wall, you're, you're doing the rest because yeah. the, the ceilings yeah. aren't going to match up. Yep. And it, it's going to yeah. look like a patch job. Yeah. And, and it becomes – instead. And then, and then sometimes you think, okay, I, I you know, it's a newly renovated house. And then you know somebody walks in there and be like, this place needs an – Another <laughs> guy. A renovation. And we've yeah. seen that. We've yeah. seen that. Oh, we're, yeah. We're, 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 we're a, a seller will say, you know what? I just, I just renovated and we're walking through the house and we're like, you know, to be honest, somebody's going to walk through here and say, this needs to be gutted. Wow. And that's, and that's, that's Meanwhile, scary, the person's yeah. done all that work. And right? that's, yeah. that's a, that's a yeah. scary situation that yeah. you want to you don't want to yeah. put yourself in. Yeah. So one of these uh, mistakes is uh, not researching the history, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, you, you own a home or you're buying a home. You want to get into what the home has been through over the last... 60, 70, or however many years. Yeah. So one of the main things that you can do is you can go online and look at the history of on, on the sale of properties. Mm-hmm. And if you if you wanted to get into it, you can you can call around and call the agents around and see you know what what the history is on that property and and to see if there's any problems. And sometimes there might be disclosures on the listing, right. meaning it, you know they're disclosing certain things about about the property that might have been missed in the next sale. Hmm. So you can do stuff like that. Um, 
but it, it's making sure that you're surrounding yourself with the people that know how to do those renovations. Um, whether it comes down to wiring, plumbing, you know, the, the foundation, the, the stone, the, you know, the stone foundations, um, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, trying DIY, which is kind of basically what you've been, just been mentioning. Make sure, you know, I mean, if you're going to do something yourself, make sure you can handle it. Uh, and if you can't, call a professional. Yeah, you know what? The thing about the older properties is if it's done like a really nice job and it has that modern, you know, that modern charm with the old character, those properties are, are so desirable. But it, it takes the right, you know, the right vision and the right technique to yeah. to be able to get that combination right, right? Like it's it's it looks really good when it's done, but if it's if it's you got to do it tastefully, right? Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's it's making sure that that you can do those things. But in terms of the DIY stuff, you know, s- stick to what you can handle, yeah. right? I understand that everybody wants to save money and and uh, and and you know, kind of take over the project themselves. But if you can't handle it, yeah, you know, you're taking down walls and moving yeah. electrical. But it's <laughs> it, if you're doing it yourself, if you do the rough stuff, but l- let the finishings. Let the professional do it yeah. because that is going to make the difference. If you're terrible at doing corners on trim, <laughs> people are going to walk through and say, forget this. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's, that's where you're going to get the dollars is, is the finishings. Oh, and if detail. the finishings are terrible, you just cost yourself a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, point number three in the uh, seven mistakes that homeowners uh, make when renovating older properties uh, goes back to what Philip was saying uh, just a, a couple of minutes ago, adding pristine new elements. So you have this old home with lots of character. Don't go overboard on some of those new modern, uh, you know, things. Yeah, finishes. It's 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 like it said. It's like it's it's the combination of both, right? Yeah. It's, it's it's understanding that what you can add to it and and still complementing the old character and right. the old charm to it, but having that having those new elements. Um, what a lot of people do is is you know when we're walking through houses, sometimes the the the, um, the floors are carpet covered. You can just pick up a vent and see underneath the yeah. you know you pull the uh, you pull the carpet up and you can see there's a lot of old homes that that they've carpeted right over you know beautiful hardwood floors mm-hmm. and um and. You know, once you once you get in there, you just you know tear up all the carpets and you got brand new hardwoods, yeah. right? You save yourself a couple grand there, oh, so for sure. uh, stuff like that. Um, and and you know, it's making sure that you're using what the home offers you and and, and just and just complementing yeah. it. Got a couple minutes to go here. Uh, this one I found interesting: installing vinyl windows. So you have a, a a very old home that has wood windows. Instead of putting in new vinyl windows, they're recommending. Uh, just add some new putty. <laughs> fix up the the double go, hung wood yeah, windows. Yeah, if you go to the historic society, they would be so against this. Oh, for they, sure. <laughs> they they hate they hate when you buy an old yeah. house and put, and, in, and new put in new vinyl windows. They yeah. hate it. They they feel and you know I agree. But to the overall aesthetics of the house, the wind the wood windows look amazing. Yeah. But in terms of you know whoever's paying the the heat. Yeah, the energy the efficiency heat, yeah, is. Yeah, it's it's. It's not there. So, yeah. um, and then it comes down to, you know, leaks or, or, or stuff of that nature. Yeah. And, 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 uh, I'd probably get the new windows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tiptoeing around technology. So basically embracing technology, but not displaying it in a way that, hey, here's a, a very old home and I have this brand new, uh, you know, Nest thermostat in yeah. the, you know, the middle of this. But know. people like that. Yeah, and that's what I. It, it, but but I think the tiptoeing is is a great adjective to to, to describe to yeah. how to do it. Pick your right, spots. pick your spots for sure. Uh, we got to run here. Uh, being afraid to remove walls and adding square footage, uh, two mistakes that people make. Yeah, don't be afraid to. Um, but like I said, make sure it's done in a in a, in a you know. In a tasteful manner, yeah. that you're not going to ruin yeah. the house. Yeah, then you're not going to ruin it, for yeah. sure. All right, we've got to run, guys. Thanks again for coming in. Uh, we are back next Saturday at 9 right here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML.